The day after Rosh Hashanah, third day of Tishrei, is the fast day on the Jewish calendar, Tzom Gedalia. Gedalia was the appointee of the uh, Babylonians. After the destruction of the temple, there was a remnant still left in the land, and some people were still left. The more notable people had been exiled. The temple was destroyed, burnt, many were killed. But there was, was still a presence in the land of Israel. And the governor appointed by the Babylonians was named Gedaliah. The prophet Yirmiyahu, in fact, instructs the people directly to uh, stay in the land, not to run away, to accept the governorship of Gedaliah, and things will be well. That's what Yirmiyahu said. But the tragic events of that period in Jewish history, there was a group of people who assassinate Gedaliah, and the last remnant that resided in the land leaves. Book of Yirmiyahu describes in detail. They go down to Egypt. Yirmiyahu tries to stop them. Then the prophet Jeremiah actually goes with them. Jeremiah, in general, sees his mission as being with the people. The people, whether they are righteous or whether they are sinners, his job as prophet is to be with his people. Very powerful message. Now, some Gedalia, of course, can be seen in conjunction with other minor fast days, which revolve around the destruction of the temple, the besieging of Jerusalem, the breaking through the walls on the 17th of Tammuz, the destruction of the temple, Tisha B'Av, and then some Gedalia can be seen in conjunction with those as a kind of continuation, the last remnant which was uh, snuffed out And the land is then completely deserted, abandoned by the Jewish people at that period in history. Now, those fast days, of course, are fast days. Tisha B'Av and even Shivasa B'Tamuz, the three weeks, are not only fast days. Tisha B'Av is also a day of mourning, perhaps even primarily a day of mourning. The other fast days we call Taniyot, they're fast days. The difference, of course, between a fast day and the day of mourning, is that mourning is focusing on what is missing, on what is lost. That's the focus of Tisha B'Av, the primary focus. What is missing? What don't we have? That's important. We don't have many things. What's really missing in our lives and the lives of our communities? Fast days are different. Fast days already presume something is missing. The fast day is about restoration and reconciliation. So the fast day, for example, is about prayer. It's not just fasting. It's prayer. It's prayer. It's repentance. That's what the fast days are about. Now, Tzom Gedali is actually interesting in the sense of when it appears on the calendar. Tzom Gedali appears right after Rosh Hashanah, right in the beginning of, one might say, the ten days of repentance. We start with Rosh Hashanah, but continue another week until we come to Yom Kippur. I've always wondered whether that's a coincidence or whether the placement of Tzom Gedalia on that particular day, because it might have been on a different day in the month, but the placement on that particular day is a way to underscore that these days are days of reflection and introspection and days of repentance. We're trying to repair what is missing. The chauffeur, the, the Ramam famously, of course, 
mentions in the laws of repentance that the shofar, it's a mitzvah to blow the shofar. But the Rambam says there's a remez, there's a hint. There's something else about the shofar. It's a kind of wake-up call. And in fact, in the Sephardic tradition, they have a, a bakasha, very powerful one, right during the ten days of repentance. I believe it's right before Yom Kippur. Malachan Nirdam. It has as the tagline, Why do you sleep? Malachan Nirdam. Kum Kwa Rise and cry out to your God. And that, of course, is the Malachan Nirdam, is what the captain of the ship says to Jonah. That we read, of course, the book of Jonah at the end of Yom Kippur. Why do you sleep? Wake up. So the ten days of repentance are a time of waking up. We wake up through the shofar that wakes us up. Suddenly we're called to judgment. But the presence of the Tzom Gedaliah, of this particular fast day, is also a wake-up call. Because the fast days in which we change our routine are days that we think about what is missing. And on Tzom Gedaliah, there is a lengthy Slichot service. In fact, the Slichot on Tzom Gedaliah are recited in a different place than we typically recite Slichot on minor fasts. On minor fasts, the Slichot are recited right after the Amidah. But on Som Gedalia, they're recited before we pray in the morning, as we recite Slichot on all the other days prior to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. To focus on what is missing. It's interesting that the Slichot service, the separate service of Slichot, in which we are repeating over and over again the attributes of God, God's mercy, Hashem Hashem Kerachum V'chanun, the 13 attributes of God's merciful presence, and in the Torah they appear, of course, after the incident of the golden calf. And something to remember about Hashem Hashem Kerachum V'chanun, that are the heart and soul of the Slichot service, is that in the story of the golden calf, as it appears in the book of Exodus, Moshe is informed that the people have made the golden calf when he's standing on the mountain. He had gone up to receive some teachings and to take the tablets down, which were to be housed in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle that Israel was to build. And the tablets were called the Tablets of the Covenant, Luchot Abrit. And on top of the mountain, Moshe has the tablets, he's about to descend the mountain, and God says to Moshe, the people have strayed, I intend to destroy them, I'll make you a nation. And Moshe entreats God at that point, Vayichal Moshe, that's the Torah reading, half Torah, Torah reading for the fast days generally. Moshe entreats God, prays to God, don't do it. I have no interest in being the people. These are your people. Remember your promises, remember your covenant. And that section ends with, God relented of the evil God had thought to do to God's people. The evil was to utterly destroy Israel. God will still punish Israel, but God will not destroy Israel. So what's interesting is in the book of Exodus, the book of Deuteronomy has a different version, but in the book of Exodus, whether Israel lives or dies, whether Israel survives, is not on the table. That's taken off the table before Moshe descends the mountain. Israel will survive. The question is, in what form will they survive? And after Moshe comes down, there's a civil war between the perpetrators of the golden calf and the others. And God says to Moshe, when Moshe requests forgiveness, God says to Moshe in chapter 33, go to the people, 
lead them into the land, the land of milk and honey. I will send my angel with you, but I will not go with you. You are a stiff-necked people, lest I consume you upon the way. The beginning of chapter 33. When the people heard this news, this bad news, the people mourned, and nobody put on their, their jewelry, their ornaments. So the response to the news, the bad news, what is the bad news? I will not go with you. I will not accompany you. That means I will not allow my Mishnah, my temple, to be built. The temple will not be built. The missing temple. And the response was to mourn. The Slichot service, actually, focus in on that particular story. Hashem, Hashem, Kerachon V'chanun, pleading with God and for God's mercies, are not that we should survive in the Torah, because survival was guaranteed earlier. Hashem, Hashem, Kerachon V'chanun was a plea for God to give us a second opportunity to allow this holy space to be built, because only God can provide the missing ingredient in the temple, which are the tablets. The tablets, unlike everything else in the temple, are the work of God. Moshe has broken the tablets. When he goes down the mountain, he sees the dancing around the golden calf, he breaks the tablets. But he can't construct his own set of tablets. Masei Elohim Hema, they're the work of God. So in order for God to dwell amongst us, God has to agree to provide us with another set of tablets. That's what Hashem Hashem Kerachum B'chanun is about. It's interesting to think about this because one might have responded differently. When God said to Moshe, tell the people you can possess the land of milk and honey, I will send my angel, you'll drive out the inhabitants, you're going to go to a good and broad land, not the narrowness of Egypt. God has spoken of earlier. One might have said, but I'm not going to go with you because if I go with you, we'll fight, I'll destroy you. One response could have been, well, you can't have everything. Sounds like a pretty good deal. Okay, thank you very much. Send that angel along. But that wasn't the response in the Torah. The response was, no. If you don't come with us, something is missing. Something vital is missing. So Hashem Hashem Kerachem V'chanon allows us to focus on what is actually important. What can't we afford to miss? In the Chumash, it's God's presence. It's represented by the Mishkan in the Torah. It's represented by the Temple in our tradition. It's represented by those things, but it's much bigger than that. It's living in a world in which God appears to be absent, and we want to figure out how to connect to the Divine. So that's what Slichot are all about. Slichot are about trying to make the reconciliation and the reconnection to God who is merciful, to God who has made promises to be with us, to inspire us, to direct us on the right path. So Tzom Gedalia is an important day in Aserati Mechuvah. It's a fast day, and a fast day means a day of prayer, extra prayer, a day of Slichot, and the Slichot on Tzom Gedalia are very long. One might say it's a double portion of Slichot. It's the Slichot of Aserati Mechuvah it's also the Slichot of the first day of Tzom Gedalia.